Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. <laughs> I have so many notes for today's podcast. Just organizing them here. It's good when your professional organizer is organized with her notes. <laughs> so as you hop on live, please say hello. Let me know that you're here. Hi, Amy. Glad you made it back from your oil change in time. <laughs> this is It's All Clutter. Hey, Mary. My weekly podcast, I think we're up to number 34 or 35 this week. I forget exactly. Good morning, Bridget. This podcast today is super fascinating to me, and I hope it's super fascinating to you as well. Good morning, Kathy. So this today, we are going to be talking about comfort zones, growth zones, and panic zones. So hear me out on this one. I feel like I recently uncovered a big aha moment for me as a professional organizer working with thousands and thousands of people and seeing some very similar repeated patterns happening over and over again. Things that I couldn't quite articulate why they happened, but I know them to be true. So for example, I know when you start decluttering your physical space, things change in your world. Your home changes, your opportunities change, things just kind of change. Sometimes things go a little haywire, like there's a little craziness, right? Like you start decluttering and it's almost like the universe is trying to get you to stop. But ultimately, when you declutter your physical space, your mental space, your emotional space, your financial space, everything ends up getting decluttered and things open, the world opens up to you in a way that is almost unexplicable, right? And I just say it's all clutter, it's all connected, right? I mean, that's the name of this podcast. That's how I explain it. This is what happens when you declutter, things change, ultimately for the positive. Anyway, <laughs> so I know that that is true, but I could not quite put my finger on exactly how to explain the why. Why do things change so much when you start to tackle your clutter? Have you guys ever wondered this? Why? Why do things become so different, right? So in Clutter Boss Academy, which if you're not, don't know what that is, it's my six month clutter program. Um, in Clutter Boss Academy, basically it's all about empowerment. So teaching you to become empowered over every aspect of your life, starting with your clutter. Uh, but because it's all connected, I provide resources for everything. And something that I do in Clutter Boss Academy is mindset school. So on Wednesday nights, I create a lesson around mindset, just something that's going to help you move forward in your life. I recently created a lesson about comfort zones. And as I was learning more about comfort zones, I was having these massive aha moments that explained a lot about why life starts to shift when you declutter. So let me walk you through this and I hope that you have an aha moment as well. So what is our comfort zone? And I have lots of notes for this, so bear with me as I read off of my notes. Our comfort zone is a mental space where we tend to spend most of our time. It's a space where our behaviors and our activities fit a routine and pattern that minimizes our perception of risk. 
So when we operate within these behaviors and patterns, we have a sense of mental security. In general, in the modern world today, this space is not governed by an actual threat to us, but more of as something that we perceive as a threat, right? So comfort zones, if we go back <laughs> eras and millennia, <laughs> you know, millions of years, you know, comfort zones meant that we could feel safe where we were because our surroundings felt very safe and secure. Now, we don't have a lot of threats to our life on a regular basis in, in the modern society. So it's really our perception of threat today could be just basically feeling uncomfortable in a situation. Um, sometimes your perception of a threat, it, if we're linking this back to clutter, could be having people over for dinner, right? That could feel really uncomfortable and you want to stay away from that, right? You want to protect yourself from that uncomfortable feeling. So you tend to hang out in your comfort zone, which in this case would be not inviting people over for dinner and maybe also having a lot of clutter in your house so that you don't have to invite people over for dinner. This is a topic for a whole other podcast, but let me know if you can relate at all to any of what I'm saying right now. So in general, our comfort zone is made up of repeated actions and thoughts. So repetition just creates this situation where our behaviors are so familiar, we don't even think about it. They're completely automatic. No effort, no thought, no decision making required, right? It feels very easy. So when we hear scientists and, and behavior psychologists talk about comfort zones, they talk about how to kind of expand your comfort zone or go a little bit out of your comfort zone to feel more comfortable, to experience a small amount of risk and feel more comfortable doing a wider variety of things where you could experience personal growth. So I want you to think of a bullseye situation. In the middle of the bullseye is your comfort zone. The next ring around your comfort zone is your growth zone. And then the ring outside of your growth zone is your panic zone. So the growth zone can also be referred to sometimes as the stretch zone. So what happens is when you go out of your comfort zone and you get into the growth zone, there's usually just enough stress and pressure to optimize your performance. So maybe you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone just a little bit, and having incredible results because you're motivated by the amount of stress that you're under, right? Can you guys relate to that? Have you been in your growth zone where you have felt some pressure and it's really helped you to get to the next point? It's been a motivator. It's, it's encouraged you along. I actually tend to think about procrastination as a little bit of being in your growth zone, right? When I procrastinate on something, I get myself to that perfect spot, that sweet spot of motivation where I just need to get things done and I do them really well because I have a little bit of pressure. However, if I procrastinate too much, I push the procrastination, then I push myself into a panic zone. So you have your comfort zone, then the growth zone, then the panic zone. So the panic zone is where you feel stressed, overwhelmed, and your performance actually decreases. You have too much pressure 
too much stress and you shut down. You're not able to perform at all. So your performance decreases in your panic zone. You feel afraid, you feel exhausted. Um, you know, you're just, you're panicking, right? You're in the panic zone. Okay, so <laughs> we have comfort zone, we have growth zone. Comfort zone is the foundation that we can get into our growth zone. And then we have panic zone, when we have pushed ourselves too far. Now this is all our mental space. Now, how can we apply this to our physical space, our home? Your home should be your comfort zone. It should be the foundation that you need, the secure spot that you need, so that when you're pushed into your growth zone, you have the resources, that spot, that ability to de-stress, unwind, and grow in your growth zone. But what I have found repeatedly when we're talking about clutter is that we are not typically living in a comfort zone in our homes and we're not living in a growth zone. Guess where we are living? Our homes are, say it with me, they are your panic zone. When you have a lot of clutter, your physical environment becomes stressful. I mean, these are the words that I hear all the time. Stressful, overwhelming, it becomes hard to get things done. You absolutely feel like your performance is decreased because you're living in a panic zone. So for years, I have been saying that your clutter is your comfort zone. And I'm going to now rephrase what I am saying <laughs> and say that your clutter is actually creating a panic zone and you're living in a panic zone. And what happens when you're living in a panic zone? You're just, you're shutting down right and left. You're not able to grow. You're not able to invite new things into your life because you're not in that comfort zone, that foundation that you need for all of this stuff to come, all of this beautiful stuff to manifest in your life, to come into your life, right? You're in the panic zone. So this explains a lot of things because when you're in your panic zone and you start decluttering, which is a huge undertaking because you're under so much stress from your physical environment. That's why decluttering is a really big deal. This is not, you guys know, this is not about throwing stuff out, right? Not If decluttering were just about the stuff, then there would not be professional organizers. <laughs> there would not be a library of books about how to declutter, how to organize. It would not be something that everyone could talk about, right? So if decluttering were just about the stuff, none of it, like this would not exist. It's about way more than the stuff. Because you're living in a panic zone, it's so stressful to do anything. So when you start to declutter, it, it's such a, a huge effort. It requires so much momentum to get out of that panic zone, to go through the growth zone and back into the comfort zone. You have to reestablish a comfort zone. And I think what happens when you're decluttering and all of this amazing stuff starts to happen in your life, what has basically happened from this point of view 
is you've gotten from your panic zone to your comfort zone. You've created a foundation. You've created stability in your life. And you're able to easily and successfully go into that growth zone, right? You're able to get into that growth zone, feel comfortable there because you have that solid foundation of that comfort zone to come back to. But getting from the panic zone to the comfort zone can be tricky. You have to work so hard to get there. And when you do that, you experience temporary chaos, something we talk about all the time, uh, not just with your stuff, but with your life. Things just kind of go a little bit wonky. And you might be encouraged to just stop and stay in the panic zone because it feels comfortable. It's become your comfort zone. So I want you to think about this. The next time you have a decluttering project and things start to go a little crazy and you think, oh, I'm just going to put this aside. I'll deal with it later. I encourage you to press on, continue moving forward, reestablish your home as your comfort zone so that you have that physical space that you can use as a springboard for everything else in your life. And that way, if your life throws something very stressful at you and you're pushed into that panic zone, you have a place to come back to. You have a grounding area. Uh, So make your home a comfort zone. Acknowledge if this is relevant to you that you're in the panic zone and do everything you can to get back into your comfort zone because that's where growth can happen. So (laughs) that was why I feel like, okay, let me just make sure that I did not miss anything on my copious notes here. Let me know what what you guys think about growth zones, panic zones, comfort zones in the comments. Um, If you had an aha moment, let me know because this was a big aha explanation for me to really understand what's going on in the lives of all of the people that I work with um, and to help you understand and articulate and figure out where you're getting back to your comfort zone. So here are some adjectives that describe a comfort zone. Safety, security, routine, convenience, relaxation, and pleasure. And here are some adjectives that describe a panic zone. Accident, emergency, injury, objective, risk, high anxiety, deteriorated performance. So if your home, oh, stressed and overwhelmed and fearful. (laughs) Uh, If your home is making you feel that way, then it's time to get back to the comfort zone, to the safety and security of a home. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think I've gone through all of my notes. There's definitely people in the comments who are commenting that they are in the panic zone with your clutter. Yes, yes, it's it's like getting out of a, a warped zone that I feel like I need to be physically pulled out of. Absolutely. It's really important, I think, in light of this way of looking at clutter to really create one space in your house that can be a comfort zone. So even... You know, we tend to think of the whole house. It's so overwhelming. There's so much to do. But if you focus in on just one space, making that a comfort zone, and I would say your bedroom might be a good place to start. So 
ironically, <laughs> our bedroom, which is supposed to be really the place where we go for respite, for rest, for recovery, um, tends to be a drop zone for so much, right? You have people show up, you quickly toss everything into your bedroom, you do everything you can to create like nice clear zones in your living room and your communal living spaces. And then your bedroom becomes absolutely a panic zone. So if you can recover your bedroom, if you're not sure where to start, um, you could really start anywhere. The more that I think about this, the more I think your bedroom might be a good spot to start if you need to really create that comfort zone, that foundation. Yes, your bedroom should be your sanctuary. Absolutely. <laughs> Reminds me of the robot in Lost in Space. I, I haven't seen that, but I'll have to look at it. I feel like we know that we are panicking. We, absolutely. You can recognize it, but you're not sure how, how to fix it because it requires so much momentum to get out of the panic zone and back into the comfort zone. Um, this happened to me when I was going through my closet. I totally shut down. It was chaotic and overwhelming. I need to press through. Bridget, press through. Press through. It's so worth it. <laughs> get to the comfort zone. You totally were in the panic zone. Maybe you're still in the panic zone. You deserve to live in the comfort zone. I will also just point out that when we have less stress in our life, we're healthier. So stress is one big underlying cause of sickness, right? If we're stressed, sometimes I actually recently had somebody tell me they had an argument with their spouse and they were sick the next day and they knew that it was not from coming into contact with a germ because they were, you know, we're social distancing. They hadn't left their house in like two weeks or you know, whatever. The stress of the, the argument actually created them, made them feel sick, physically ill, right? So when you're living with stress, it impacts every area of your life. So there's so many good reasons right now, more than ever, right? To be in that comfort zone, to have that space that you need, that's going to keep you healthy on the inside and out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not reading all these comments here, but I do see a comment that just popped up. Jess is too young for that TV show. You guys, I'm really not that young, <laughs> but I don't ever watch TV, so it could be one or the other. <laughs> um, let's see, your bedroom should be your sanctuary. Absolutely. This is great information. Thank you, Lisa. Um, I feel that my home is a panic zone. I was on vacation. The house was perfect. I wished my home was that way. That should give you motivation. Mary, that should, if that, I mean, okay. Motivation is fickle, right? If, if we have it, it's great. Um, but if not motivation, sometimes, okay. So I always say, don't rely on motivation. It takes a lot of vacations. It likes to go to the Bahamas without you, right? You never know when it's going to show up again. It's much better to count on routine actions that you do every day, right? So if you just do five minutes a day, you're going to get into the habit of creating change and that's going to be motivating. That's a, one way that you can invite motivation back. Um, but maybe instead of saying it should have given me motivation, I think it's more like just acknowledging that that felt so different and understanding the impact that your space has on you if you don't have motivation, at least then you have information, right? You have understanding and information and you can use that information to move forward. I know that personally, I really need 
to be sold on an idea. I mean, like you can tell me up and down until you're blue in the face how great something is, but until I experience it, I don't really understand. So experiencing being in like an Airbnb or wherever you were that felt so good, that that information is what would move me forward, right? Even if I still don't feel motivated to declutter, at least I could say, okay, this is right. <laughs> I know this, I've experienced it, and I need to change what's happening here. Every room I walk in is very overwhelming to me. I am working on the bedroom and the garage. I threw away a lot of toys from my kids were a little awesome job, Diane. I had a collection of beach, beach stuff that I put at the end of the driveway, gone in an hour. So it's so great when you can just put stuff outside and it gets taken. I mean, that is the easiest way to do things, right? You know it's going to somebody who wants it. They took the time to stop and pick it up from your curb. You don't have to drive it anywhere. You just got to take it to the end of your driveway. 100%. I love it. I love it. Okay, so if you are watching this on YouTube or if you're watching it live but want to subscribe to me on YouTube, I would so very much appreciate that. Every week we have the It's All Clutter podcast. The next two weeks, so next week I have a scheduling conflict. The following week is Labor Day. So I'm going to pre-record my podcast so that we still have a podcast every Monday um, because I love doing the podcast. I think that they really help me to figure out different things and give me aha moments. Um, so they won't be live for the next two weeks, but I will post the link at 1030 on Monday morning. Um, and then I will be back <laughs> after we kind of transition into September. Um, I know for us in the Northeast, school is starting. For many people, school has already started. I have been posting a lot of information about how to work and learn from home. So if you're looking for resources on that, listen to some previous podcasts. I also would encourage you, if you don't know where to start and have not done Clutter Boot Camp, do Clutter Boot Camp. It is the number one best way to get you moving forward. Inside our Clutter Boot Camp support group, we're doing Clutter Boot Camp this week just for fun together as a group. If you want to get in there now and do it with a group, that's an incredible way to stay motivated and inspired. Uh, so get in there. It's clutter-bootcamp.com. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and please share this information with other people because I promise you there are so many people in this world who are living with clutter and are embarrassed or ashamed and need some resources. So please spread the word and share the resources. Thank you so, so much. Oh, Denise, here's a good question. I'll end on this one. Do I still struggle with anything clutter-wise? So I have a preteen and a teen girl, right? Two girls, a preteen and a teen. Um, we, actually, Denise, this is a really good question. I'm gonna go on a tangent here. Lately, I have been so annoyed looking at my social media feed, I follow a lot of professional organizers, a lot of minimalists, all this stuff. I have been so annoyed at the unrealistic nature of their, I mean, I know social media is unrealistic, right? We know that. But like the clean white cabinets, the professional organizers that are posting pictures of their pantries they've been working on, and the pantry is like bigger than my whole entire house, so <laughs> I'm all about real life decluttering and organization. And I 100% 
still am learning all of these skills and all of these lessons myself over and over again every single day. Now, the more that I put into practice, the easier it becomes. And that's why I can tell you guys that knowing it for sure, the more you put this into practice, the easier it becomes. And I started my professional organizing journey as a mom with two little kids who had an overwhelming amount of stuff. And even though I could organize anything, I did not understand the principles that I teach right now. Living within your space, how to have an appropriate relationship with stuff, I had to learn that myself first. And I think that this is a lifelong process, right? But I can promise you, it gets easier and easier and easier. And my two daughters right now, they are still bringing in a lot of stuff every day. And we have to always have conversations about how much space we have, what we value in life, what's the most important thing to us right now. You know, all of that kind of prioritizing, uh, it's part of my everyday life. So I still, you know, I'll open up a drawer and I'll say, oh gosh, I need to declutter this. But it takes me about five minutes, whereas in the past, that would have been a day-long project. So yes, I still am on this path. I don't think you're ever not on this journey, right? It's lifelong, but I know the more you do, the easier it becomes. And I would encourage you, if you're following any social media influencers who are showing you perfect-looking pictures get rid of them. That is not real life at all. The goal is to have a house that is easy to maintain, that you can pick up and put everything away without thinking about it. You can do it in a half an hour. It's not part of your stress. But having a perfect house is unrealistic. Perfection does not exist. So that's... Oh, I'm gonna, I really am gonna end on this right now. Um, you guys are awesome. I'm excited to do boot camp with you in our Prioritize Your Sanity group this week. And go on and make your house a comfort zone. Go do it. Go do it. You deserve it. You deserve to have a spot that is free of stress, or at least really little stress. I love you guys. I will see you in the group.